got our cold open. Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode-by-episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous, and apparently the movie is decidedly not. I think outrageous could be modified as an adverb. Outrageously... Cringeworthy. Obnoxious. Irritating sounds. <laughs> there were lots of irritating sounds. There were lots of irritating sounds. Five million dollars, two hours of irritating sounds. <laughs> there were a lot of outrageous plot holes. There were lots of outrageous plots that just sort of... <clears throat> that just sort of went to sleep. Yeah. Well, in that way, yeah. it's a perfect adaptation of the cartoon. <laughs> it is, that's true. <laughs> I can't say that they, they did not follow the exact format. You may notice that we sound a little different this episode. That's because Kit uh, actually came down from the wild reaches of Canada to join me and Mac to actually go see this movie in person. There's electricity and running water. I'm excited. <laughs> so, as we said, we saw... The movie. Gem and the Holograms. Starring Audrey Peoples and I don't know who else, I'm honestly. really bad with actor names. I just know Audrey Peoples. And Audrey that's Peoples because... and some other Peoples. Yeah. <laughs> hey! I like hey! <laughs> I think from our opening you can tell that we did not precisely care for it. <laughs> we will We will admit that we spent a lot of the time smiling. Yeah. We were yeah. not bored. We were not bored. Yeah, thanks to everybody who came out to uh, to see the movie with us. We had a small group. It was really great to meet everybody. Everybody had delightfully wonderful hair colors. Yeah, it was great. I might actually call them outrageous. But there was nobody in the theater besides us, so we felt free to uh, heckle. Yeah. Yeah, we saw like an afternoon Saturday showing and woof. I actually saw a report this morning that said Gem and the Holograms has had a remarkably terrible opening weekend. Even for a movie that cost $5 million to make? They referenced Delgo. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie itself. Uh, where we start with a bunch of actually talented YouTube people. One thing I did find out was that John Chu, or whatever his name is who made the movie, um, mm-hmm. was really obsessed with wanting to make a documentary about YouTube. So... One of the reviews I'd read on Jim and the Holograms was, it's kind of like if he just continued doing his documentary on that, but decided to add Jim to it. That sounds about right. Because yeah. when I was watching it, I was like, okay, there's two movies here. Yeah. The first movie is a movie that John Shu clearly wanted to make about YouTube. And the second was the one he was contractually obligated to make about Jim. And he just figured he'd save time and do them both as the same movie. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk a little about where these YouTube videos came from. Uh, early in the movie's production, when they first announced it, they also announced this contest. They were supposed to cast people, if I recall. Yeah, they were supposed to be casting people for the movie from this contest. Uh, without telling us that the main cast had already been, of course, casted, because you don't you don't announce a movie coming out in a year without a significant amount of production already begun. So when that came out, everyone was feeling rather betrayed. People thought they had a shot at like a lead role, and they didn't. It was actually kind of dishonest, the execution of these videos in the movie. Because for one thing, YouTube is in this movie a lot. All of the incidental music is from YouTube with like intercut with the video of the person performing. 
All the scene transitions are from Google Earth. And there's this, these bits in the middle of the movie where they just cut away to a bunch of people talking. I'm guessing this is videos from the contest itself. People talking about how much Jim the cartoon meant to them. Some of them have t-shirts that have the logos, that have the logo from the show on Some it. Some of them are cosplaying people like Clash. And, uh, and Stormer, there's a and Stormer cosplayer too. Some yeah. people are even standing in front of televisions playing the cartoon. And they're talking about how much they love Jem the cartoon, and it's recut into the movie to make it sound like they're talking about Jem, the pop star in this movie, who showed up about three weeks ago. And it's really awful, because that is one of the most honest and interesting parts of the movie for me, was seeing these, these sort of testimonials about this cartoon and these songs and this, and this doll line and how meaningful they were for people. That was the closest thing I had to an actual emotion throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Watching those bits. Absolutely. That wasn't just lol. This is actually an in-media res movie because we start with a frame narrative of Audrey Peoples talking to a camera and saying something trite about identity, if I'm recalling. There's a really, really bad line where they say, why do you think Facebook has a wall? Because once you've built this identity, you want something to hide behind. That's in the first couple of seconds. So like... That sets the tone for the whole yeah. movie. You're like, oh, so this is what the dialogue is going to sound like yeah. all the way through. It may yeah. sound like something you'd see in a science classroom, but... This whole identity mask thing, I think it was handled with more gravitas and more sincerity in Jim Carrey's The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's worth noting that this frame narrative doesn't say, I remember how it all started and then <laughs> smash cut to funeral. It did not happen, and I am mad about that. <laughs> I believe we were introduced originally to Jerrica, her sister Kimber, their Aunt Bailey, who is played by Molly Ringwald, which is a waste of a perfectly good Molly Ringwald. Yeah. And, and then finally, Aja and Shayna. Shayna has a personality for approximately, what do you guys say, eight seconds? Yeah. Oh. yeah. She gets like one scene where she gets to have a character and then the rest of the movie is like, and also Shayna's here. There's some lines that she'll have that you never actually see coming out of her mouth that are yeah. like, this seems like a bad idea, guys. Yeah. And then there's Aja, who... Is Aja got all the spare characterization that wasn't used up on uh, Jerrica and yeah. Kimber. Like, they had a bunch of spare character traits from teen movie, and they decided Aja got all of them. <laughs> this doesn't actually come up as much as you'd think it would. It comes up in, like, one scene, but look, guys, this is the kind of movie we're dealing with. Aja is Asian, and she's a hacker. This is the kind of movie we're dealing with. She's also, like, a yeah. delinquent? Yeah, she... They keep still... saying, Aja, you have a problem, which implies that the movie's very strongly implying that Aja has some kind of kleptomania. Some kind of impulsive... But it's not really treated with the sort of gravitas that you need to. Like, we're past the point, I think, it's a society where you can just call someone a kleptomaniac as a joke. But, yeah, Aja steals stuff. She's been to juvie. She causes trouble. She's the one who always goes, yeah, let's do the thing, and then jumps off a pier. She makes out with a boy in the opening, and it's like, oh, tell Aunt Bailey that I was here the whole day. And they're like, oh, we're already doing that. Yeah, and Shayna, meanwhile, is like, we have one scene of her being fashionable, and the rest of it, she just sort of... There's this shot later on uh, towards the end of the second act with all of the girls sort of cuddling up and looking at a camera. Jericho's front and center. Kimber's right next to her. Aja's on the side. And Shayna, you can see a little bit of her face. She's kind of shoved off camera. Kind of see her cheek. And that's and that's like Shayna for the whole movie. We see like half of one eyeball and then <laughs> maybe an ear. Maybe an ear. A little and, bit of purple. Yeah, I feel so bad for Aurora Perrineau in this movie. She barely got to be in it. The four girls live with Aunt Bailey, who owns a store. We never find out what the store sells. But apparently it's not doing so hot. The girls put on a little impromptu concert because 
The can. Kimber likes YouTube and Instagram. And Tumblr. Kimber likes social media, I guess is her character. Yeah. So they put on this little, like, impromptu concert where they all dress up in, in makeup and wigs that Aunt Bailey has in her garage because she... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> she just has things. She has things in her garage. She has things. They put on this little concert that comes out fully produced. Yep. Of a song that they made up themselves. And then they're like, Jerrica, sing for us. Put on a song. No. I don't wanna. I'm gonna go get the door. Oh, we forgot to mention one very important thing during this opening monologue of Jerrica's. And it's very easy to forget because she talks. With bored. zero energy whatsoever. She's so bored the whole time. She is so bored. I don't blame her for the script <laughs> she had to work with, but she is so bored. And and that's that her dad, Emmett Benton, who, when he died, that's the reason they had to go live with Aunt Bailey, was an inventor. And he was working on this thing that had a bunch of numbers and letters and is basically leet speak for synergy. That's the name. 5-1-N-3-R-G dot Y. Or synergy. Ugh. She even says it like she lists out the code and she's like, or synergy. Everyone in the audience groaned. Just, just smack your head on the table because that's that's what we're doing. Anyway, synergy is this little mascot robot that doesn't work. So Jerrica just keeps it on her shelf. That's not going to be significant. Not significant at all. And she's like, I, I keep it on my shelf. So it's like my dad's still with me. Really? Really? Your dad's piece of junk that never worked? That's what you choose to latch on to? Not like his guitar that you find later? Or the earrings that he gave you that you never wear. Except when it's plot significant to do so. <laughs> yeah. So Jerrica runs away from this little impromptu concert, goes to get the door, signs for a thing, then rips it open. And, and even though it's clearly out. not addressed to her. Yeah. And finds out the store's in trouble and they might be foreclosed upon. We don't even have any time for her to like take this information in or like decide what to do with it. We smash cut to nighttime when she's confronting Aunt Bailey in the kitchen. It feels like there was a lot of stuff cut from this movie. Yeah. yeah. So there's this idea that they need money. And not knowing like, what, what to can do. we do? What can we do to yeah. help? She's like, just keep being you. Instead of go get a job. You're all like 16. Go get a job. Go You're get all a like job. 16 or 17. Go get go get jobs. There are five people in this house and only one of them works. Get some jobs. Yep. Go get a job. At least fill out some applications. But instead, to be helpful, Jerrica decides she's going to go try singing for a YouTube video. She's going to work out her feelings. Yes. And record it. And for the most part, she's like, oh, I'm so shy and awkward and this is going to be dropped fast, so don't really pay attention to it. There's this little bit where they try and go through like some introductions that are like, oh, I didn't see you there. I'm Jerrica, and it's yeah. it's, it's not even really funny. It's yeah. just kind of embarrassing. It's cringeworthy. Yeah. yeah. You just wait for it to be over. And eventually she puts on a pink wig, uh, picks up her guitar, somehow gets the light to come in rainbow, and starts playing a song. Yeah, is there like a filter on that thing or what? Yeah. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> it, like it looks like she just has some gels sitting around <laughs> yeah. just to put in front of her lamps. Hi, I'm Jem. I'm going to sing this kind of boring song. You know Bye Bye on guitar on. songs? This is one with a girl. But yeah. it's got the words, you are not alone, which instantly means it's the most inspirational song ever written. So everyone in the house hears her playing it, and they're like, oh, oh, it's so meaningful. It's so beautiful. She's so I think so it's the special. one that's titled Alone Together? Yeah, actually. Okay. It's like, you are you are not alone. We can be alone together. Okay, there we and go. And it's just like, oh, she's the voice of a generation. <laughs> <laughs> she inspires me. And then she hands the camera to Kimber. With Rather her, than hitting the delete button, which she had pulled up. Right, she had pulled up the keep or delete button. Hands it to Kimber. And then Kimber says, don't delete. And 
uploads it to YouTube. This is the worst thing Kimber does in the entire movie. This is so crappy. She completely betrays her sister's trust, goes behind her back, does something explicitly that she knows her sister would not approve of and would not like, and later blows it off as like, oh, we're doing what's best for you. We're sisters. We gotta push each other. Oh, jerk. Yeah, yeah, real jerk. And that's, it's never confronted. It's no. never, we never get a confrontation between Kimber and, and Jericho about it's, this. It's yeah, just she just sort of that, accepts it. Yeah, it's another thing that just kind of goes to sleep. Much like, uh, because really when she finds out about it, that is too when uh, Jerrica stops being shy. Spontaneously. Just spontaneously. Yeah. She also says, Kimber says yeah. that she uploaded it anonymously Quote so unquote. no one knows. She uploaded it from a private account so no yeah. one knows who... That's not how YouTube works. That's not how YouTube works. I mean, she could have said that she uploaded it to an account that's not linked to her real name. Right. But there's no anonymous uploading to YouTube. Plus, when she was uploading it, I was like, (laughs) no video uploads that fast. Oh, my God. It was like YouTube uploading set to yakety sax. Yeah. But somehow it it gains like a million followers overnight. We're like, OMG, this is so good. Oh, it means a lot to me. She's the voice of a generation. (laughs) And then suddenly on television, it's like, we're talking to Erica Raymond, who really wants to find out who Jim is. The only good thing about this is that Erica Raymond's played by Juliette Lewis. And she she just eats that scenery. Oh my god, she's just like, it's like she looked at the script and said, you know what? I may as well take this to 11. (laughs) It just overplays the role of this, like, snarky, evil production lady. She's a Saturday morning cartoon character, and she totally did it on purpose. Yep. She treated the script with the dignity it deserved. (laughs) Yeah, she did. (laughs) Somehow this YouTube video overnight has become a a sensation. And of course they get Jimmy Fallon on it. There's this really, really cringeworthy bit. They talk about how this video is more popular than the water skiing squirrel. This is a running freaking joke. The water skiing squirrel is a running joke. How long has it been since you thought about the water skiing squirrel at all? Water skiing squirrel is ancient in terms of internet history. Whereas you have this video that is in less than 12 hours, it is on television. That is also not how this stuff works. No. It takes at least a couple days, maybe a week. If only because that's how television works. Yeah. I will say for the Jimmy Fallon thing, I actually think that was a clip from an older thing because I remember seeing that before the movie. Yeah? Yeah. They just slapped it. They just kind of slapped it awkwardly together. And like recorded over it. Yeah. So we go through this whole freaking sequence where everyone explodes about this gem video. Someone explain to me how Erica Raymond got in touch with them. She DM'd Kimber's account that she uploaded this on on Twitter and then started emailing Jerrica slash Jim slash Kimber or whatever about contract. Here's the thing. Because everything is Google-based... We don't even have the excuse of MFOS, movie fake operating system, here. You just very clearly know that this is not how this is not how Gmail works. This isn't how sharing works. This isn't how sharing works. You have Erica and uh, Jerrica treating Erica and Jerrica uh-huh, uh-huh, uh, treating Gmail like it's IM, which you don't do unless you're yelling about like Harry Potter fanfic at each other. So we have Jerrica and Erica are emailing back and forth and they're sending each other like two sentence emails because it's like, we want you. And she's like, my sisters are my band. She's like, no, just you. And then they, and this, by the way, is all set to like some YouTube video of drummers, drummers, a drummer versus drummer drummer battle. Cause like symbolism, you guys. It's a metaphor, the movie says, as it smacks you in the face with it. They send each other ellipses. Yeah, they just keep sending ellipses back and forth, and then... Erica sends a poop emoji, and a moment later follows it up with, sorry, typo. 
We'll pick you up tomorrow. How do you typo the poop emoji? How do you decide that sending a poop emoji is a good idea? What matters is I did work to find the poop emoji and made sure to send it to Annie last night. 11.48 p.m. last night, (laughs) Mackenzie texted me a poop emoji. (laughs) But the best part of the movie happens next. (laughs) (laughs) It did. It is the best part of the movie. It legitimately is. So Erica is like, we'll pick you up tomorrow. She picks them up tomorrow with two cars. Uh, There's a knock on the door. Mrs. Bailey gets it. And there's a guy there. And he's got kind of floofy hair. And he's wearing like a leather jacket. A leather jacket and like kind of suit pants. And she's like, who are you? And he says, zipper. Annie screamed. I think all of us screamed. Like half the theater. So like, ah! (laughs) We forgot he was in this movie. I mean, we even had someone like months ago tell us Zipper was cast on this in IMDb and we completely forgot about it. We were not prepared for Zipper. But we were delighted by Zipper. He's like a third string character in this movie. He's got lines. (laughs) He's got more lines than Shayna. Oh, God, he does. I was delighted every time Zipper came up on screen, even though he never once threw Kimber into a volcano. Or set anything on fire. Or sent a shark after anybody. He doesn't even have his name on the back of his jacket. The better with which to commit crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it was Zipper. It was Zipper, you guys. (laughs) Zipper is Erica's toady. He is always standing right behind her, shadowing her, uh, sometimes eliciting opinions with her snapping back, I don't pay you to think! (laughs) So they come pick him up. Erica and Mrs. Bailey exchange some, like, pointless sniping. And Jerrica apparently waited until literally the last second to start packing, and she randomly shoves Synergy into her bag, because why not? This looks like a toy robot from, like, the early noughties, Uh, John has identified this. It looks very much like a MIT bot, which is, like, a sphere of competitor that's, like, you would find at a Target rather than at, like, a Best Buy. Erica is like, you can reinvent yourselves. And she's already, like, playing this way over the top. And I instantly sit back and I'm like, this is going to be the character that I'm interested in this whole movie. (laughs) (laughs) She at least looks like she's trying to enjoy herself. She's like, this is garbage. I might as well just... I'm a garbage villain. (laughs) Okay. Oh, and by the way, as they're driving into Los Angeles and doing the Google Earth transition, although it's cut off because the aspect ratios don't match, so it just says Google Ear, a little thing on Synergy lights up and starts beeping. I'm sure that won't be significant. No, that's not going to be significant at all later. This, this, this script clearly went through several rewrites, and you can see the seams. Oh, yeah, you can see. It's like a, it is a Frankenstein's monster. It has been stitched together. Oh, they get to Starlight Music. Right. Uh, which is where Erica takes them and she's like, I took the, I, I bought you some new instruments. Uh, meet my intern, Rio. Rio's here. Why is Rio here? He's a college intern who's apparently as an intern's job at a music company. His job is to be the handler of a band of teens. Also, his hair isn't purple. Nothing about him is purple. Nothing he about purple him. at all. He just wears plaid and denim and he's not purple, but at least they cast an actor of Mexican descent for him. He's also like 38. Yeah. He's a million years old. Yeah. Either way, Audrey Peebles herself is about 1920, I think. And she's definitely playing a teenager. At one point, they get referred to as a band of teens. But he makes a comment about how, like, they have a curfew of, like, 11. They can't drink. They can't smoke. And Jerrica's like, aren't rock stars supposed to do that? And he goes, if I see any rock stars, I'll let you know. So keep that in mind yeah. for some great scintillating repartee later. <laughs> they they get their new instruments. There's like a, a stylist yeah, who like gives them a little speech and then reintroduces Erica, who yeah. is sitting right behind them the whole time. 
Uh, she goes down the line. She goes down the line and she's like, you don't try. You definitely don't try. You over try and you're perfect, Jim. Oh, except those earrings. Except those earrings. She's wearing the earrings that her dad gave her, which look like Starburst candies. They're gaudy plastic nightmares. And she's like, well, hold which on to those and give them back to you later. Which is at least in line with gaudy plastic nightmares from yeah. like the 80s. Those earrings are the most cartoon accurate <laughs> thing in the entire movie. So, and she's like, those are so last season. Give them to me. We'll put them in this fancy silver box that I have and then store them in my safe. Instead of just like, put them, put in, them your in your pocket. pocket. It would be one thing if Erica had some kind of like, plot here mm-hmm. if she was trying to like i don't know keep synergy from something something which is kind of like a part of the frankenstein because maybe she did on one of the rewrites but right now it's just i'm taking these earrings because they're awful and putting them in my safe because of reasons yeah so those earrings are gone and then they go do you know what okay here's the thing i really like makeover montages in movies and tv there are certain weaknesses of mine i think they're fun this makeover montage it was like sandpaper <laughs> <laughs> The only bright spot of this entire makeover montage is when Samantha Newark shows up. Yeah. Because she likes pink. Because they're doing because they're doing like hair makeovers too, and Samantha Newark is a hairdresser. Samantha Newark, which you may know as the uh she's Jem and Jerrica and the singing voices as well. And she's like, Oh, pink is my favorite color, we should give you pink hair, and they spend a little bit of time on her in the camera, so enough that you know that this is a significant person. Yeah, enough that you know, oh, this is a cameo, even if you don't know who Samantha Newark is. And it's cute, she looks like, she's, she's smiling, she's, Samantha Newark is a darling. She is, she deserves better. Yeah. And then this makeover montage is done with all of the girls in clothes that- They look really exactly the same. Yeah, they, I, there's like a couple of different like quote unquote makeover scenes in this movie, and I I can't for the life of me tell what was different from their fashion beforehand. There's this fake out where they think yeah. they're going to be going in Erica's fancy car, and she says no, and she points them over to Rio in a freaking jeep, like a military grade jeep. <laughs> and then he's like, "Hey, little Miss Pink hair in the sing-alongs, get in!" And he screamed again. I screamed so loud, I did not intend to make that noise. Look. I had heard in reviews that they that they quoted a little from the opening lyrics. I was expecting those. Never in my entire freaking life would I have expected the line that they directly quoted from the cartoon would be Little Miss Pink Hair <laughs> and the sing-alongs. <laughs> One of the greatest lines from that entire freaking series. <laughs> So they get to Starlight Mansion, they open the doors, and... There are no orphans. There's, there's no orphans just no pouring orphans. out. No orphans. No, no orphans. honor jar. No honor jar. No nothing. <sighs> nope, it's just where they keep the rock people. You're in that room. I'm over here down the hall. Oh, and here's where our payoff is, everybody. Oh, my God. Because Jerrica's like, Rio, what do they call this room? And he goes, oh, it's the rock star suite. And she goes, oh, I guess someone is a rock star. They have this bedroom that's just like four gigantic beds all for them. So nobody gets any privacy. No. They share the same freaking room. It's not even like a curtain divider. Which is like, you'd think that this giant freaking mansion would have more than two bedrooms. And for some reason, despite there being four separate beds, Aja and Shayna decide they're just going to sleep in the same bed. I think it's because they're basically the same. They're they're yeah. the third character. Yeah. There's Jerrica, there's Kimber, and then Aja Shayna. And then they wake up in the middle of the night. To synergy beeping. They played this out for a long time. This scene yeah. was like twice as long as it needed to be. Basically, the idea is that there's something glowing in under like a sheet and they all wake up and take it up and there's a robot. But instead, they're all like... We have to film this. Oh no, get everybody up. Quickly, lift it up. And, and it takes like three extra minutes for them to find the robot. And the thing is, the robot was activated by GPS. And all of a sudden, the girls 
that Jerrica especially, who has had this on her shelf for years, finally noticed that there appears to be missing pieces of synergy. And somebody makes the logical leap of maybe your dad left it unfinished for a reason. As a, as a quick note, the reason it activated in Los Angeles is because they originally lived there before their dad died, and then they moved away. To... They, they moved like 10 miles north, which may as well be Siberia. Right, they called the it the middle concerned. of nowhere. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't live next to the Mirage Garage. <laughs> the Mirage Garage was not in this movie. They did a scavenger hunt plot, and there was no Mirage Garage. No Tower of Tires. What's the freaking point? Why are you wasting everyone's time like that? <laughs> We didn't even hear an O'Rio in this movie. There was no O'Rio. So the robot turns on, and it turns out it's activated by this plot-relevant song that their dad used to whistle in the garage. Which basically, is basically think Hunger Games. It's basically the song that Rue sings to indicate the end of work every day in the Hunger Games. Synergy, oh, right, I forgot. There's a moment where Aja, like, inspects it and just looks at it and says some, like, techno buzzwords. And then she types into her computer because she's a elite hacker and uh, figures out that it's 20 to Santa Monica Pier. Right, right, Synergy makes a little projection. She's like, look, that's longitude and latitude lines. And it's like, it's obviously a freaking map. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's a map of the freaking coastline. Synergy beatboxes, by the way. That's yeah. how Synergy communicates. Synergy music. communicates through music. Yeah, it's, and that nope, we were expecting as it started glowing under the sheet. All of us were like, Jerrica Benton, I have come for you. But no. No glam rock specter of death. No. It doesn't even talk. No jazzercise outfit. No, it's just there it's a little a, mascot robot. And there is an OS voice when it turns on that's like, Synergy powered on, logging in, Jerrica Benton. And it sounds like someone imitating Synergy, if not Synergy's original voice herself, but that's as that's, much as we get. Uh, they decide they're going to sneak out. There's some hijinks. But it's past curfew. Yeah. There's hijinks where Jerrica steals keys, the Naja goes back and steals Rio's money. And... While Rio is noodling on a guitar while shirtless. Well, I guess probably yeah. practicing to go down to the local college campus and yeah. pick up some ladies while playing Wonderwall. <laughs> because that's the kind of bro Rio is. And they steal the Jeep and drive to Santa Monica Pier. Which is closed. But they break in. Actually, they just seem to walk in. Yeah, they just yeah. kind of amble in. They don't even hop a fence. They just kind of toddle right on in. Yeah. <laughs> and it leads to this this uh, this art piece that yeah. makes noises the way the wind blows on. It's a bunch of pipes that, that play different sounds. And they notice that the wind just so happens to play the tune that Synergy makes. Over and over again. Mm. And also, also one, one, of it's flat. Off, one of it's flat. One yeah. of them's off key. So she does what no one in the eight years of their father has been dead has ever done and turns one of them a little because it's marked with a little, like, star. So she turns it around and plays the right note and a plank pops up. Yeah, there's no mechanism for this plank to pop up. It just does. It just does. And inside there's a little piece that she inserts into Synergy and Synergy plays a new hologram. And it's another map. This it goes one. to, like, a club. The Open Air Club or something like that? Like, you guys never heard of it? Dad talked about it all the time. It's legendary. I googled that. There's no such thing. Awesome. <laughs> well, that explains why he's later, like, why they're recording their dad is later, like, so many legendary bands played there. Like. Band. And. You're so special, <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Whenever we we see bits of, like, Emmett Benton talking about or to Jerrica, you would not think he had another daughter. 
Poor Kimber. Not to mention you have all these questions because you the, the movie plays all these home movies of like Jericho and her dad. And you have to wonder who's filming this. Yeah, who shot this? I think Mag had the best suggestion. My suggestion was that Kimber was the one filming them. <laughs> Considering that Kimber is like the one that records everything anyway, that's probably what it was. Kimber recorded all these notes of her father talking about how special his firstborn was. So someone's like, turn around with your hands up. And you're like, oh my God, it's Rio. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't believe for a minute that these are the actual cops. You know instantly, oh God, it's Rio. <laughs> oh, Why is Rio here? Around. I've got a flashlight. They slowly do, and it's like, I can't go back to Juvie. <laughs> it's okay, we'll make sure you don't. Okay, yeah, Audra, Audra really does not want to go back to Juvie. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're all in so much trouble because he stole my car. <laughs> <laughs> and it's freaking Rio. And they're like, Rio, how did you find us? And he's like, there's a GPS in my glove box. Yeah, he, he left his phone in the glove box and the GPS on Rio it. is officially the one person who has ever gotten use out of the Apple shovelware Find My Phone app. <laughs> but it is at this point where the actual cops do show up. And Rio's like, I've got the best plan to escape from this. Because they're all like, oh no, oh no, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh no, no, Juvie, oh no, oh no, rock. <laughs> and Leap we, into the water. Yeah, Rio's great plan is to jump into the freaking pier. They, ju- is- they jump off the pier. Audra's the first one to go because ha ha ha, she's ha, the adventurous ha, one. Ha, 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 ha. The water's deep and also it's glowing with rainbows. The water's not that deep, though, but it would have landed, like, shin deep in that water, but no. I mean, we're also talking about a police force that is in no way equipped to handle people jumping into the water. Police and security who work in Los Frickin' Angeles. <laughs> On Santa Monica Pier. They completely lose them as soon as they jump into the water. Oh no, they jumped in the water. To be we'll fair, never find them. To be fair, I guess they didn't so much jump into the water so much as they jumped off of the pier and into a completely different set piece. Yeah. <laughs> there was, there, it was filmed in a swimming pool, this section. And it's also another sequence that was twice as long as it needs to be. Because yeah. it's like this prolonged bit of them swimming through the water and rainbow lights are coming through. And they're all holding their breath really long because yeah. they're all peppers three wood. They're grabbing each other. Prolonged looks yeah. between Jerrica and Rio. They all swim together holding hands. And then they get to another part of the pier and they decide they're going to sit around and sing because that's how you avoid cops. Okay. So get ready for the worst scene in the movie. But be ready for the best character in the movie. Our cast sits underneath a pier to dry off and lay low while the cops are looking for him or something. And Rio decides to exposit about his motivation. Rio's not just any college intern. Rio is not Rio Pacheco. He is Rio Raymond. He's Erica's son. And he wants to learn to take over the company so Starlight Enterprises can make a difference again with real bands who don't auto-tune. And he basically insinuates that. He's taking a crack at Jerrica when he does that. And she responds by singing... She doesn't even say a freaking word. He's like, they, they, could, they use auto-tune to sound good. And she's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> This goes on for way too long. <laughs> they do a freaking acapella harmony song <laughs> appropriate about how you're never, you're, you'll, you'll, you'll see, we're going to make it together. And like, this also seems to be another song that they have completely created by themselves. And made up on heart. the spot. And made up on the spot as well. One of them has a bottle of water that she fills with sand and makes a little maraca out of. And then Rio joins in with his own verse. It's just the musical number in the middle of this movie. This movie 
involved songs, but is not a musical, except for right here when it seems to follow musical rules. And then Synergy beatboxes. This is the most embarrassing part of the movie, and this movie is full of embarrassment. But they get told to shut up by my favorite character in the whole movie, <laughs> which is this homeless lady that's living under the pier. And she just yells them to shut up. Some of us are trying to sleep. I think she even mutters, like, dumb teens. Yeah. yeah. She's like, teens. And, and rolls over and pulls a newspaper over herself. And kid over to the side goes, that's my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, that freaking number. So that scene just sort of ends. They also bring up the whole open air club thing, and Rio says, well, I could call in all my favors and still not get you into the open air club. And then the next day, Erica says, we got you your first gig in the open air club. <laughs> so there's that tension point that just sort of... It just goes away. It just stops. This is perfectly in tune with the cartoon, honestly. Yeah. This is this is just what happens. <laughs> yeah. There's a practice sequence. There's some there's some more dumb things with Jerica and Rio. It's it's just it's just kind of the weird part is that it's not even like overt. They just sort of exchange like schmoopy glances. Yeah, yeah, and then Rio's like, "Well, now you got to prove that that you earned that gig." Blah blah blah. Something. Oh, something. Just, He's really awful. One thing to know about all these gigs that they play, as we're going into this one, they only ever play one song. So again, perfectly in line with the cartoon. No. Right, they're one song concerts. Yeah, these are these are concerts that were that we were informed of earlier when uh, when they sort of signed the contract. They didn't even sign a contract. No, they that just is a verbal sign pack, which we, is in line with the cartoon. Yeah, they just sort of announced like we'll do a special three part, three nights in L.A concert thing and we'll see if people like you from there and after that you get the money which is the money they need to save the house slash store slash they never even list a sum slash pay for aunt bailey's eye surgery i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a lot of things in this would have been so much more at least followable if they had made them concrete details like we need x number of money we need this many monies to save the store <laughs> Instead, they just we just have nebulous things like the store and the money. Uh, they go to the open air club, which they... is like a garage. It seats yeah. fifty people tops. Yeah. yeah, that is not a big audience. And they sing like an actual kind of catchy pop song. Yeah, this young is blood. this is young blood. It's been used in the trailers. It's sort of the gem song. As sung by Hilary Duff. I'm not sure I'd ever like go out of my way to pull it up and listen to it. But if it was on the radio, I wouldn't really turn it off. Yeah, they get halfway through, and all of a sudden, for no reason, Zipper is here. The power goes out. <laughs> they do keep Are looking. Are you insinuating something? I'm insinuating something. Jerrica does keep looking towards a guitar, which at the time, we don't know it's her dad's guitar. We just know it's a guitar. It's like she's right. never seen a guitar anymore. Yeah. She, but we highlight the specific guitar, so we assume it's important. Yeah, the power completely goes out. There's a couple of lights on these guitars that are all on the walls as decoration. So the power's not completely gone from the building, but the stage lights are out. The sound is out. This is something that does not happen in a club and at all. Like, and they're oh like, oh no, what are they going to do? So Jerrica, because I can't call her Jem. No, no, there's I not can't. enough division between these personalities, no, no matter how much they tell us. Jerrica's like, everybody, get out your phones and use them as flashlights. Light up the stage! stage! And they're like, yeah, okay. And she's like, now I need you to give me a beat. And she starts clapping. And it's like a freaking preschool. Oh, yeah. God. And I was just like, out of your stomping feet. Yeah, let's go over to that guitar and play it. She takes off this guitar from the wall. If this is in fact a guitar that her father put there, it's been sitting on a wall for eight years. This thing is not going to be tuned 
for beans. Somehow she starts playing it to play acoustic young blood. This thing is not a mic guitar. And yet you can hear it throughout the entire room, despite the fact that everyone's clapping and stomping their feet. And the characters act as though they're still mic'd as well. Yeah. Because that's how much they carry. And Kimber points to the audience, and the audience helps sing. Yeah, they finish the song. Everybody's like, wow, that was incredible. Zipper thinks it was neat, too, and Erica tells him to shut up, because <laughs> Zipper's that kind of toady in this. Yeah. And then they go to the back, and they open up the guitar, and it turns out there's stuff inside of it, so oh my God. definitely wouldn't have played right. Yeah, they turn around the freaking guitar, and he's like, I think this is my dad's guitar, and there's another one of those star signs on a little knob. I'm like, turn it! She turns it, it opens up, and attached to it is another one of these little robot pieces. That guitar would not have played. Resonance Chambers. But that's what kind of movie this is. Oh, it's also worth noting that whenever Jerrica gets one of these little synergy pieces, it has some, like, inspirational fortune cookie stuff oh, on it. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Like, follow your dreams. Use your gifts. Never fear the unknown. Help, I'm trapped in a synergy factory. <laughs> <laughs> and they all go into the exact same hole on synergy, even though she's missing, like, a whole chunk over on her uh, on her right side. So they, they shove it into Synergy, and unfortunately, Synergy does not give them another map. Nothing happens. It just kind of beep boops and searches for something. Which, everybody who has even two brain cells, maybe even one brain cell, knows, oh, it needs the earrings. The gaudy plastic nightmares are plot relevant. Why wouldn't they be? But they're distraught about this. They don't know what to do. Yeah. And uh, I believe later that night, that's when Jerrica has a Google Hangouts call with uh, with yeah, Aunt really. Bailey. Because, yeah. yeah, people totally use Google Hangouts for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. they definitely don't use Skype. Skype. But they find out that Aunt Bailey lost the appeal, quote unquote. What and appeal? They, they only like, have oh. like a week. Yeah, Jerrica's like, oh yeah, there's the hearing. There's not a hearing. I lost the appeal. What? Was this another bit that got cut out? Were we supposed to know what that was? Probably. Was this like a foreclosure appeal? We just don't know. Yeah. Uh, what matters is she now has a week. So Jerrica's like, I need to go ask for it. Instead of the end of the month, which by by all accounts, it could still be the end of the month. We have no yeah. idea. So she goes to Erica Raymond and is like, Erica, I was wondering if I could get an advance. And Erica's like, yeah, sure. Just sign this contract and whips it out of her binder. Yeah. She, she just, just has that just down. contract I just carry around with me all the time that says that you are a solo act. Because Erica is really intent on Jem being a solo act. For no good reason. Yeah. For like no reason. She also hands the contract to Jerrica to sign. And Jerrica stares at it sadly as Erica wanders off and then finally signs it with Jim. And I should note that also in the audience at this point, uh, Annie was like, that's not even her legally contractual name. That doesn't count. Like, and I'm behind this, sure. others were like, she's 16. She can't sign contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Which also begs the question, why did these girls leave for this thing without their legal guardian? They clearly still need one. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure, and, and don't quote me on this, but I'm fairly certain that you can't sign contracts like this until you're at least 21 in the United States. So then we smash cut to the next concert which is going to be Jim performing by herself. And Erica Raymond's like, don't you worry. I'll tell your sisters so you don't have to have this conversation. That's, that's what I'm supposed now. to be here for. Yeah. Only as she walks off, turns out the girls are waiting behind Jim all the time. We heard everything. And it's one of these setups that's really like a dream sequence. Yeah. 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 You think this is a nightmare sequence that Jim's having because she's guilty about it. But no, yeah. this really happens. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't really come together well. I mean, it's practically like, I thought we were a family. Oh, Hana means nobody gets left behind or forgotten. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 
So they all pack up and leave, and then Jerrica cries a single beautiful tear down her pink makeup that's taking over her entire face. Yeah, yeah, and the tear smears through the makeup. It's a little pink tear crying, little hot pink tears. Poor Jerrica. And then we get a Lady Gaga show. Jerrica wears an awful white dress. She sings about, like, being alone and having to do things alone and things have changed and can't go back to the way they were, which is the entire number is her on, like, a mirror stage standing facing the audience while there are these two choreography guys in black dancing behind her. And sometimes there's, like, uh, female dancers as well. This song is either The Way I Was or I'm Still Here. I honestly can't remember. It's another one. I think it's The Way I Was. It might be. It's in her cup with these things of, like, the rest of the girls tearfully packing up. I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't really get past the uh, these choreographers because, man, these guys were like gelatin. They were really good at their yeah. jobs. They had that routine ready to go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Look, this is the next day. Erica had no idea that at this point she would get an opportunity to make Gemma solo artist. These guys must have come up with this routine, rehearsed it, and perfected it within, like, Five hours. Hire these guys for your next choreography needs. They were incredible. I just need them to follow me around every day <laughs> in general. I'm ordering at the McDonald's and they're doing like the multi-limbed octopus thing behind me. Yeah. That'd be perfect. They were really good at what they did. But yeah. the problem is that it was all this like really cool looking dancing that in context just seemed a little silly, especially interposed with like the sad song. So after the song is over, we immediately see Jerrica in her normal clothes crying on a curb and she stands up and she walks up to this house because she's like i have to go there's only one place i can go now because we've seen pictures before of jerica and kimber when they were little kids with their dad in front of their house which looks especially like it might kind of be a little like starlight house that burned down in episode two and they go there and jerica looks in on this happy family playing with their kids and at the dinner table oh woe is me their windows are open on the first floor The family can probably see her and, like, are just patiently waiting for her to go away. This is L.A. Wistful artist hoping for the simple (laughs) life show up on your doorstep all the time. Just gently shoo them away with a broom if they stay too long. Come on, get, get, get out of here, go! Go have your melancholy moment somewhere else. (laughs) So she crumples on the steps leading up to this house. And then, I thought I'd find you here, says Kimber, completely- From nowhere. From nowhere, completely negating any- there wasn't Traumatic an intention. intention of her, of Jerrica having to like yeah. apologize, get her family back, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. There wasn't any real dramatic tension. None of us felt anything, but you know, it should be there in a film. I thought I'd find you here. It's cool. I guess we're fine. Snuggly, snugglies. Everybody shows up, including Rio. Why is Rio here? Were they all hiding behind the same post box? <laughs> yeah, they all come out one at a time, and including like Ajashena, who is one entity, as we've discussed earlier. It's Kimber. Ajashena show up, and then Rio is like, "Well, I guess I know what to do." And so they realize that the gaudy plastic earrings are plot relevant. And they uh, they, they sing a little happy song while Rio's like, "We need to go, guys." That was really dumb. And, and you, you imagine like the family in the house, <laughs> yeah, so, like, why are there people singing on our just, front like, lawn? Just sort of peeking through the curtains, like, are they gone yet? No, they're like carnizing. I don't know what's happening. You tell them to go. I need to go put out the recycling. I don't know. I think maybe they're almost done. It's really weird. I know it's weird. (laughs) That poor family. Poor family. The dog must have been going nuts. (laughs) Oh, 
man. So then they all decide that they're going to do the dumbest thing in the movie. So keep in mind that Rio, they need to go to Starlight Enterprises and get the earrings back and it's late at night. Jim is their lead star. Rio is the son of the owner of the friggin' building. Uh, They could just walk up and be like, hey, we need a late night jam session. Let us in. Or when Erica took the earrings from Jim, uh, Jerrica, whatever her name is, she was like, you can just get these back later. They could just be like, hey, could I have those gaudy plastic nightmares back? And Erica would probably would have been like, yeah, here you go. No, they decide to do this instead. Okay, here's another thing that could have happened. Rio could have driven up there in his in his army jeep and been like, hey, I left my phone in my mom's office. Do you mind buzzing me in so I can go get it? Here's my ID badge. I work here. But none of these happen. Stage a wacky break-in. Yep. Where in... Rio steals his mom's car. Right. He steals his mom's car. He pulls on a hat so that everybody thinks he's his mom. Which is... Has Jerrica sitting in the trunk while... She couldn't have been lying down in the back seat. Nope, she's in the trunk. While the other three girls distract the night guards by being like, Oh my gosh, this is Starlight where Jim is from. Take a picture. And then uh, they run inside, sneak all the way up where they have to break into Erica's... Erica's safe. They have this thing where they can't figure out the passcode. And it's a number pad. This it's is a relevant. number pad. And they said, well, I don't know. What's the most important thing to Erica? And Rio's like, oh, and he types in Erica underscore Raymond. So not only does this number pad do letters, but Which, it does you know, underscores. Le- letters is at least somewhat conceivable on a number pad, but underscores. And then they open up the safe. And inside is the little silver box that has Jerica's earrings in it, along with some other garbage. And then Rio notices there's an envelope. It says, like, to Rio, care of Mark <laughs> Raymond, which we guess is Rio's dad. Yeah. And so they get that. Uh, they turn around and they notice that Erica's getting closer. So Rio sets up a distraction. There's this valet that has these terrible running jokes that I think we're supposed to find it funny and not embarrassing, which is sort of the running theme of this movie. Yeah, we're supposed to find it funny and not embarrassing. Who has a demo that he wants Erica to listen to. And that's sort of his thing. That's his whole character. He made a CD where he calls himself Valet of the Damned. So Rio puts in this, like, demo tape and cues it up to play uh, down the hall. This distraction works for about eight seconds. Yeah, which is apparently all they need. But Zipper's like, this is pretty good. What is it? And Eric's like, shut up, Zipper. Jerrica and Rio get out and at the base. uh, Jerrica dresses up like Jim. And they're like, how are we going to get past these guards? She's like, I got this. And so she walks out and talks to the guards while Rio slips out. And there's this really creepy moment where you she may finds... Have, yeah, you may have yeah. seen this bit in the trailer. It's this really, again, embarrassing bit where, like, yeah. the, the guard is like, oh, I'm such a big fan. My daughter's such a big fan. I'm not... So, I'm, you're, you're really great. My daughter's a big fan. Will you sign my wrist for her? And it's for him. Yeah. High fives his body. He's like, did you see her? She was all over me. And we were all like, she's 16. It's super weird and gross. And I guess that creepy distraction gave Rio time to leave out the out different doors. Oh, there's also a bit where they distract the guards. This is the only bit where Aja's supposed oh, hacking yeah. skill comes up. Oh, they distract yeah. the guards who are watching the security cameras by replacing the security camera footage with the water skiing squirrel. He's like, oh, I love this video. Hey, other security guards, come look. He, Isn't it so cute? He water skis. And then back at Aja's, like, freaking Nook tablet. They're all like, oh, water skiing squirrel. He's so great. He's my favorite. Did yeah. the water skiing squirrel also fun part of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so she throws the earrings into Synergy. Synergy somehow. 
and that makes Synergy beatbox some more until Synergy finally plays the only freaking real hologram in this movie because everything else is just a projection. And it's mostly just image bitten. It's mostly been like, Jerrica, I love you. You are the best daughter anyone could ask for. You're so special. You're so special. Some talents are too special. To what, what, who are you talking about? Someone named Bimber? <laughs> you inspire. <laughs> you inspire other people, like your sister, Bomber, Comber, <laughs> Timber, Faramir. Also, my other daughter. <laughs> That I have, apparently. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's filming this whole thing. <laughs> and so he's like, Synergy wasn't my greatest creation. And there's this pregnant pause and everyone in the audience is like, ah, you and her sister Kimber. And everybody started clapping as he remembered Kimber. Kimber. <laughs> because the whole time, every time we've seen videos of, of, of Emmett, he's like, Shirika, you're so wonderful and special. And God, I love you. You're so beautiful. I just want to make everything work for you. You're my favorite person in this whole wide world. Also, I have another child, I'm told. <laughs> I don't know. I gave her a bucket of fish heads last week. She's probably still fine. <laughs> and and uh, uh, so Jerrica cries and she goes and... We catch up to the present moment that we started in. Our in media res thing. She's like, and that's my story. Who I really am. And something, something. And all her sisters are there. And then she's like, well, actually, a video doesn't seem to be the way to do it. Delete. They literally trash their frame narrative. It's one thing to catch up to the present moment and keep going in a frame narrative. That's perfectly acceptable. It's another thing to say that whole thing was garbage, literally delete it, throw it away, and now let's finish the movie. It's like they knew they were wasting our time. And they acknowledged it. And then they said, let's waste the last 30 minutes of this movie. On that aside, it's time for the final concert. Jim and the girls show up. They're and, like, we're all going on. And Erica's like, no, it's only for you. And you can't do this or I will have you removed from Starlight. And Rio, true to form, says, well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it turns out Rio got a copy of his dad's will, which Erica was keeping in the safe. And it says that Rio can take over the company, quote, whenever he feels he's ready. So there's, there's some weird things in changing Eric Raymond to Erica Raymond to begin with. I mean, I'm, I'm all for increasing female roles and things, but pitting two women against each other feels like it could instantly go in a different direction than pitting uh, an evil dude against a lady. Yeah. yeah, and the thing about the original cartoon is that they're quite literally resisting patriarchal influence when they're against Eric Raymond. Yeah. Especially because he's one of our primary male characters. Yeah. yeah. And now it's just when it comes now to it's just Erica as the evil corporate usurper witch. Yeah, because apparently this is like a regency thing. She shouldn't even have been taken over Starlight Music because apparently it was legally left to Rio. And Erica was hiding this fact from Rio to emotionally manipulate him. This narrative clearly seems to say to me, women do not deserve positions of power. Especially since in the cartoon, it's Jerrica's company. Jerrica's company. Yeah. Starlight Music is Jerrica's company. You I can't mean, take it away from her and give it to Rio. It's even willed to her from her father. I feel that they may not have intentionally wanted to come across this way, but I think there are some really uncomfortable implications of having this sort of like usurper plot line and having Rio as the most powerful character in the movie. Rio 
is like, take her away. And Zipper's like, yeah, take her away. You guys have dental, right? <laughs> yeah, Zipper there. switches sides instantly. Cue final song, which is also forgettable. Right. And let's also not forget the fact that at this point, they definitely would have only done soundtrack for one piece of equipment. Yep. Probably just a microphone. And they all come out there with a guitar, a bass, a guitar. A timpani. Shana's setup is two timpanis and some cymbals. We get Jerrica coming out and saying, you oh, know, yeah. I'm going to tell you who I am. And then she doesn't. We're all Jim. Jim is all of us. It is the worst cop-out answer. It is. It is. It's, we are it's all basically Jim. what matters more, me or the songs I sing. Ten million dollars. <laughs> uh, and then they play... And they play, and it's just another song that it goes on way too long. I would actually take the one minute, 30 second songs from the cartoon at this point. Although there is a bit near the end of the song where they're all really dramatic up on the catwalk playing. And in the back, Shayna is basically dying in a rain of fire. Yeah, they- The Zipper's this, final revenge. There's this line of sparks. <laughs> yeah, that Shayna's way too close to. And then, and then we get, we get the best cameo in the whole movie. Christy Marks! As Lindsay Pierce. We get we get Rio standing there looking up at the stage, and this is after looking very smug. Yeah, this is after they've had their like whole schmoovy kiss moment, which we're gonna gloss over because it's awful. Yeah, there was a schmoovy <laughs> kiss that went on for way too long. It yeah, really yeah. They were eating and, each other's face. And, and and Rio's standing at the base of the stage, looking up at Jim and her band playing. And this woman comes up, and it's Christy Marks. It's Christy Marks, and she's like, "Hey, I'm Lindsay Pierce. First off, L- not L I N D hyphen Z." Lindsay the name. Actual name Lindsay, not L-I-N-Z. And she has a little conversation. It's like, these girls are great. I feel like they're going to do a lot of things. I want to do a big piece about them. What's their band called? And Rio is the one who looks at Synergy playing around with some holograms, and he goes... Gem and the holograms. Rio is the one who names them Gem and the holograms. <sighs> and and Christy Marks is like, yeah, that sounds like a good name. And then she looks directly into the camera like she's on the office. <laughs> oh, I mean, Christy, you know, at least she tried to sort of sound engaged in this. Yeah, the fact that Samantha Newark and Christy Marks are in here feels kind of like the filmmakers were desperately saying, no, look, no, look, they're here. This has their blessing. See, it's a good movie. And then we got the credits. And the after credit sequence. Yeah, we have a we have a mid-credit sequence after sort of our main one, which is so clearly filmed like a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Get the frick ready for this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Erica Raymond shows up at like some sort of parking garage yeah. with all these keep out signs, and she's like, Hello, is anyone here? And these ladies emerge from the shadows <laughs> who are even down to their frickin' makeup. They are Jetta, Stormer, and Roxy. The the script takes pains to refer to each of them by their friggin' stage names. <laughs> They're like, we never thought we'd see you here again. You Maybe. kicked us out because we were twos and blah blah blah. <laughs> and then and then Erica manages to find a hackneyed way to bring up the gem is with Rio now. And that gets attention from the back of the truck. <laughs> Wait. And down from the stairs emerges Kesha in a green wig. (laughs) (laughs) Rio's with her now? Yeah, I want you to help me destroy Gem and the Holograms, says Erica. And they're like, well, you came to the right place. (laughs) Our songs are better. And we're gonna get her. (laughs) Dramatically, and it turns around to the side of the truck and says, Misfits on it! (laughs) And we screamed. 
And then Nick Fury says, I'm here to talk to you about the holograms in it. <laughs> <laughs> if the rest of the movie had been half as goofy as that five as minutes that, as those last couple of minutes. Now, this is a pretty desperate cry for a sequel here. It's adorable how they think there's going to be another one there's of these. super not going to be another one. So, final thoughts. If this had been a gem fan film, I would have given it a solid B+. Like, good on you guys, A for effort. But no, this was a ostensibly big-budget Hollywood movie, $5 million. And this is what they did. At no point did this feel like this was a movie about the characters, Gem and the Holograms. Yeah, no. It felt like it was a movie about these four teenagers, a guy who was like 30, a little robot mascot, and for some reason they kept quoting the Gem and the Holograms <laughs> cartoon from the 80s. Which they did. A lot. So much. We didn't even bring up how much they quoted the cartoon. Like, to me, it really felt like one of those kind of inspirational, quote-unquote, movies that I would watch with my mom around Christmas time on the Hallmark Channel. Uh, where 14 girls would discover themselves through music or something like that. And it just, somebody took that, they carefully took it out of its packaging, and they plastered Jim all over it, hoping that would help. Here's where I sort of stand on this. I'm going to talk about two movies here. The first movie is the Super Mario Brothers movie. If you've ever watched it as an adult and you try to sit there and say, was this a pre-existing script that they slapped Mario Brothers onto it? The answer is bafflingly no. Every single part of this movie was built from the ground up with Mario concepts in it. You can't take them out and have a movie sitting there that's not just like a Mad Max thing. This is a movie that absolutely was built to be a Mario Brothers movie for, I'm not going to say for better, but definitely for worse. That's not what you have here. This is absolutely a pre-existing sort of movie concept with some, like, glitter window dressing. This is also... I had Kit watch Josie and the Pussycats with me last night, the 2001 movie. That is a movie that takes its source material, has almost the exact same plot, and just runs with how dumb it is. There's a point where they turn to a character and say, Now wait a minute, I know your brother's the manager, but why are you here? And she says, I was in the comic book. <laughs> he says, and then you just have like a, what? What? Huh? <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats knew that it was based off of a silly Archie Comics property, and it said, let's have fun with that in the most 2001 way we can. <laughs> and they did. And it's, a, it's enjoyable to watch. It knows that it's in a goofy setting, and it goes with that. I feel like Gem of the Holograms tried to make things way too freaking serious. Yeah. It's weird. It's like half the people involved in the Gem and the Holograms movie thought they were doing Josie and the Pussycats. And half the people involved in the movie thought they were doing a very serious movie about the corruptive nature of fame and, and finding your own voice and family before anything else. And those two halves never really caught on to what the other one was doing. <laughs> I think, ultimately, if this is your kind of hot garbage go ahead and rent it when it comes out, but I don't think this is something that you need to see in theaters. Yeah. Unless you're in a theater full of people who are just mocking it mercilessly. Because that was great. That was. I think our ultimate recommendation here is read the comics instead if you want an updated Gem and the Holograms. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. We've been, saying this, we've been saying this since the comics started coming out. The IDW Gem and the Hologram comics are absolutely what a modernization of Gem should be. Definitely spend your dollars on the comic instead. And I think that actually... I think that wraps it up. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we've said everything we can say about this. Yeah. The Gem Jam comes out every Sunday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and YouTube. Our schedule's been a little wonky lately since there's been a lot of travel to and from Canada. You can usually find cartoon episodes every Sunday. Comic episodes come out whenever they can. 
uh, usually within about a week of that coming out. We're also on Twitter and Tumblr. You can find us at the Gem Jam just about everywhere except on Twitter where we are at Gem Jam Cast. There are also a Patreon-supported podcast. Uh, if you want to give us a couple dollars or spread the word, anything would be super great. We are so grateful for you all for listening to us, especially because we recently hit 500 people on our Tumblr page which means we're doing a giveaway of some issues of the comic. We have six winner slots. The grand prize winner will win the first six issues of the IDW comic, as well as the copy of Gem Annual. These are all digital comics, of course. Sorry, we're not paying for shipping charges. <laughs> Check out our Tumblr if you want to see the rules for that and you want to enter. Pretty easy to do so. So until next time, dear internet, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where a fool and his money are soon outrageous.